Welcome everyone to Kingdom Rock Radio. We pray that you will enjoy today's message. Now here's a sample of what you'll be hearing today. We abide under the shadow of the Almighty. And in this hour, you will need a hearing ear. And allow the Lord to tell you when to go and when to stay. Allow him to tell you to lead you when to buy, when to invest, when to save. Allow him to tell you when to sow and when to reap. Allow him to tell you when to stay or, or when to go. He will tell you, he will lead you, he will order your steps in this hour. His voice is more important than ever. Kingdom Rock Radio is an outreach ministry of Kingdom Rock Family Worship Center located right here in Bremen, Georgia. You can connect with us at our website at www.kingdomrock.org. And now, here is today's message. This morning during prayer, the Lord really dealt with us. And we'll get into the word in a few moments, should the Lord desire. But I want to bring some things to your attention we're living in a changing landscape at, at this moment. Things are changing all around us. The sands are sift or shifting back and forth, back and forth. There's so much confusion and so much unrest that's in the land today. So many voices are beginning to speak, and there's so many lies. There's so much fear, so much worry, so much doubt. And it's all in the air all around us. And the Lord said that it, he wants us to look higher and depend upon his voice. Because hearing his voice keeps us at rest and at peace. We must seek his voice. The danger is real. Daniel knew that, that the danger was real when he was in the lion's den. Those were real lions, but it had no hurt on him. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego knew that this fiery furnace was real. This fire was real, but it had no hurt on them. Noah and his family knew that the flood outside of the ark was real but it had no hurt upon them. Is the danger real? Yes. But we abide in the secret place of the Most High God. We abide under the shadow of the Almighty. And in this hour, you will need a hearing ear. And allow the Lord to tell you when to go and when to stay. Allow him to tell you, to lead you, when to buy, when to invest, when to save. Allow him to tell you when to sow and when to reap. Allow him to tell you uh, when to stay or, or when to go. He will tell you, he will lead you, he will order your steps in this hour. His voice is more important than ever. In so many lies, so many confusion, it's like a fog it's all around us. But God has given us the ability through his spirit to rise above it all. To rise above the confusion. To rise above all the other voices if we just listen. The Bible declares that the Lord is our shepherd and we shall not want. And how? 
Does a shepherd lead? He leads through his voice. He leads through his voice. Is, the, is there danger in the valley of the shadow of death? Sure there is. That's why it's called the valley of the shadow of death. That's why there's death there. There's danger there. But the Father's with us. The Lord is with us. His rod and his staff, they comfort us. And that's the time that we're living in now. You need to hear this. You need to declare over your life that his rod and staff, they comfort me. As you go in and out of work and in and out of different places, his rod and his staff, they comfort me. I receive the presence of the Lord's rod and his staff. I receive the presence of his rod and staff. As we go forth, as we go through this valley of the shadow of darkness, in this time in which we're living in now, we declare that we receive his rod and his staff, and they comfort us. You will go in and out and find pasture. You will go in and out and find pasture. You will prosper in this dry and barren land. You will go in and out and find pasture. You will be led by the Spirit of God, in the, by the voice of God. And it is this difference in this hour, this mark of demarcation, when the true sons of God will actually stand and appear because the Bible declares that those who are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. And it is those who will hear the voice of the Spirit who will be Spirit-led that will go in and out and find pasture. It is those that will sow in times of famine and reap a hundredfold return. It is those who will listen to the voice of their shepherd. Jesus said, my sheep hear my voice and they follow my voice for they, they know my voice. He said, the voice of strangers, they will flee for they know not the voice of strangers. The word of God declares that we will not live, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. In this hour, it is, it is vital for our survival that we hear the voice of God. Abba is speaking. Father is speaking. We must be open to hear his voice. He will tell you when to go, when to stay. And when you go, he'll tell you how long to be there and when it's time for you to leave. Abba leads you. He leads you. He is greater than any spirit. He's greater. He's greater than any virus or he's greater than any random act of violence. Whatever that's going on in this land today, our faith rests in Jesus, not in science. Our faith rests in Jesus, not a politician. Our faith rests in Christ. They don't call him Savior for nothing. And in this hour, we need our Savior more than ever. He's given you the power to overcome your adversary. He's given you the power. Jesus said, behold, I give unto you power to tread upon serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy. And nothing shall by any means hurt you. 
We rest in his word. We rest in his power. We rest in his authority. Not in the opinions of man. Not in social media. Not in news. We rest in the word of God. We rest in our Savior. We rest in Jesus. The name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous run into it. And they are saved. We rest in Christ. Church, the whole landscape is changing. It's changing. And here's what the Lord has given unto me. We can go to Luke, the fifth chapter. Luke, the fifth chapter for the short time we have here today. We're going to be talking about net fishing. Should the Lord desire net fishing. What will you do when they come to your church? Now, when I say when they come to your church, I'm not talking about Kingdom Rock nor First Baptist or Second Methodist or what have you, nor any sort of denomination. The Bible is very clear who the church is. You are the church. What will you do when they stand in front of you? We'll talk about the they really shortly. And if the Lord desires, we'll, we'll do a series. But let's look at the book of Matthew, Matthew, the fifth chapter, Matthew, the fifth chapter. What will you do when they come to you? You are the church. Matthew 5th chapter, let me do just a little bit of reading here. And it says, rather Luke, Luke, I'm sorry, Luke 5, Luke 5. And it says this. And it came to pass that as the people pressed upon him, talking about Jesus, as the people pressed upon Jesus to hear the word of God, he stood by the lake of Gennesaret and saw two ships standing by the lake. But the fishermen were gone out of them and were washing their nets. And he entered into one of the ships, which was Simon's, and prayed him that he would thrust out a little or push out a little from the land. And he sat down and taught the people out of the ship. Verse 4 now, when he had left speaking, his message was over, concluded. He said unto Simon, launch out into the deep and let down your nets for a drought. And Simon answering said unto him, Master, we have toiled all the night and have taken, taken nothing. Nevertheless, at thy word, I will let down the net. And when he had this done, they enclosed a great multitude of fishes and their net break. And they beckoned unto their partners, which were in the other ship, that they should come and help them. And they came and filled both the ships so that they began to sink. When Peter saw it, he fell down at Jesus' knees, saying, Depart from me, for I am a sinful man, O Lord. For he was astonished, and all that were with him, at the draught of fishes which they had taken. 
And so was also James, James and John, the sons of Zebedee, which were partners with Simon. And Jesus said unto them, Fear not, from henceforth thou shalt catch men. Verse 11, And when they had brought their ships to land, they forsook all and followed him. I want you to notice something here. Jesus, prior to this in chapter 4, the Lord had been working signs and wonders and miracles. I mean, he'd been healing people, and people were astonished at his doctrine, at his teaching. And they were amazed at him. So this is why the crowds are following him, because they know that Jesus is from God. They know there's something unique, something very special about him. And they want to cash in on this. They, when you see someone that is really doing the work and God is with them, you want to hear what they have to say. And so the crowds are pressing in on him so much that it seems like his back is against the wall here, but he gets in a ship, Simon's ship, and tells him, as we read a moment ago, just push out a little bit further. And he begins to preach or teach from Simon's ship there on the lake as the waves and as the water carries his voice upon the land. And everybody hears the word. And, and what word is he teaching? Well, he's teaching about the kingdom of God. And as he's done, the people are leaving, I'm sure. And while he's still on the boat, Jesus tells Simon, of course, go out. Go into the deep now. And Simon said, let down your nets, of course, for a catch, for a drought. Simon does that, and, and you know as we just read what happens. But I want you to see something here, because the Lord is setting up a prophetic picture of the end times. A prophetic picture of the end times. What am I saying? What is the Spirit saying? He said that in these end times, there'll be, we're no longer pole fishing. He said, from this point on, you're going to catch men. You're going to catch the souls of men. You're going to catch people. Your church, you will catch people. You will catch men. Men, women, boys, and girls will come before you if you have your boat like. Now, notice what happened. When they threw in the net, so many fish came up, so many souls. If we would see this picture Jesus said, from now on, you're going to catch men. So we go back to this example, fish representing people. And the people that are there began to fill the boat, just like on land here. There are so many people now, they're thronging into Jesus. There are so many people, just like the ship, just like the fish that are now on the boat. There are so many, so many, that both boats began to sink they're really coming, they're searching, they're seeking, just like the people on land, just like the fish on the boat. They're coming searching, seeking, hungry, and desperate. When you are pole fishing, you select your bait. If you want a certain type of fish, well, then you bait your hook with a certain type of worm or cricket or whatever it is, bread or whatever. You know what type of fish you want to catch, and you know what type of bait they like to eat. When you are pole fishing, you are, you are very precise, and you're going to get one or two different things. 
But when you're in net fishing, you don't know what's going to be in your net. What kind of fish are going to be in your net? There are lots, there are many varieties of people, many souls that will be in your net. And many of those will not look like you. When we are net fishing, we have a tendency to label people. But God does not. We have a temp, and you'll see this in the word of God, because not only does this first miracle here, we can say this, the, this miraculous catch of fish talk about what's going to happen in the end times. What happens after that? This entire fifth chapter talks about what the Lord Jesus is going to do in his church, because immediately following this, we would see here in verse number, verse 13, immediately following uh, a man comes to Jesus and says, hey, if you will, you can make me clean. Verse number 12. And Jesus said in verse, thing, uh, verse 13, he says, I will be thou clean. He touches this man, this fish, if you will. Remember in the Old Testament, if you touch the a man of leprosy, anyone that have leprosy, you immediately became unclean. But here Jesus demonstrates he can touch the unclean and make the unclean clean. The power of God will be so much upon his church, not just saying about sickness, you touch somebody that's sick and they will be well. That will be the case many times because the Lord told us that they, the believer shall lay hands on the sick and the sick recover. That's exactly what Jesus did. But he's telling us that in the second miracle that you will go um, around those who are considered unclean. You will go around those that are considered sinners. And their lifestyle will not affect you, but the holiness of God that's upon you will affect them. And we see that further on down as Jesus begins in the same chapter, as Jesus begins to eat with publicans and sinners. Those that the Jewish community labeled uh, as no good, as trash. Oh, they're old sinners. Oh, they're publicans. Why is Jesus eating with them? But again, their sinner, their sinnerization, if I can say that, I just made that up. Their publicanization, their current state did not affect Jesus, but Jesus affected them. As he called Levi, Levi, of course, being Matthew in the same chapter, he sees Levi sitting there and says, Levi, come and follow me. Levi was a publican. He was a tax collector, someone hated by the Jews. These were people that were, uh, that were working for Rome and taxing the people, many times overtaxing the people, saying, give me this money, give me the money that belongs to Caesar. And many times they would do it uh, and far more than what Rome actually wanted, but nobody could really say anything because the Roman army was there. You'd, the tax collector would simply have to tell him, hey, he's not giving Caesar the money that he owes. And then the Roman uh, guards or soldiers would come and they would take things by force. People didn't like the tax collector because many times the tax collector took too much and they lied. So they labeled tax collector, publican, you're a sinner, you're nothing. They didn't like him. But Jesus goes to this one that is an outcast and says, follow me. Come with me. What was on Jesus? 
who Jesus was greatly affected Levi, who has become Matthew. Jesus changes people. But the Pharisees and the scribes said, why is Jesus eating with such scum? Why is he associating with them? And Jesus says plainly, he says, those that are whole, they that are whole need not a physician. If you will, you don't need a doctor. As a matter of fact, let's look at that in verse number 31. Let's look at that in verse 31. Oh, let's back up to verse number 30. Verse 30, uh, Luke 5, Luke 5, verse 30 says this. But their scribes and Pharisees murmured against the disciples, against his disciples, saying, why do ye eat and drink with publicans and sinners? Why they asked that question? Because they didn't associate with them. Now, here's the thing, too. If these are public and sinners, and if they are so bad, and if the church won't associate with them, how can they get better? If the church, remember, the church, not, not talking about four walls, I'm talking about the individual believers, those who say they believe in Jesus. And if you won't associate with them, if you won't talk with them, because you say they got something on them, where can they go? Hence, it's been the problem many times in the uh, homosexual and the uh, gay and lesbian community. Many, many have grown up with thoughts and these feelings in their bodies and not know what it is. And many have come into the house of the church only to find that, that the church ostracized and criticized them. And they came for the love of Christ, came for acceptance in Christ. But we pointed at them and said, sinner, 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 we don't want you in here. And then they go back out and they find someone else that will want them. And so the arms of Jesus that they were meant to receive, they, weren't, they didn't receive because we, the church, said you don't belong here. But here's the problem. If they can't come, who can come? If you filter people at the door, at your door, and if you decide who can get in, who cannot get in, you become a pseudo-God. You become an idol to your own self. And the father can't use that. We're talking about net fishing. Net fishing. When the Lord says in this hour, the world is changing and people are desperate. They are confused. If, the, if those that know Jesus are feeling fear. Those who know Jesus are feeling doubt. Those who know Jesus are feeling worry. If you're feeling these type of sensations and you know him, what in the world are they feeling? If you have the covering of God on your life and you know him and you know how to pray and you, these negative things still creep into your house, what are they feeling? Can they come? To your church can they sit down with you for a meal to talk to you without the finger of judgment and condemnation can they learn of Jesus without hearing your political views oh here's a they're a Democrat oh they're a Republican they're this they're that how about they are human and they are a soul that the father loves 
We're going to have to look past labels. There are going to be all kind of fish that will come your way. All kind of fish that will come your way. That want to jump into your boat. But if you begin to filter them, no, no, you can't be saved. You can't be saved. You begin to take the place of God. And after a while, the Father's going to get you. Look at verse 31. And really those that would do that don't have the heart of Christ and we need to repent. 31 says this. Here's the heart of Jesus. And Jesus answering said unto them, they that are whole need not a physician, but they that are sick. I came not to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. That's the message. That's the message. This world is changing. And they are changing. One of the parts of one of the ministry of the Holy Spirit is this, and we're closing. He will convict the world of sin. He will convict them of sin. You won't have to tell them you're a sinner. They'll know it. Something deep inside lets them know that I'm doing wrong, and it's the Spirit of God. Something deep inside, and if you look past what they're doing, if you look past that and see the person that Jesus loves, can you look past the exterior, look past the, the earrings or the, the makeup, look past the clothes, look past the short skirts, the tight clothes or what have you, look past all of that, look past the color of their skin, look past their nationality, look past their income, whether great or small, look past all of that and see someone who needs Christ. And don't be deceived. Yes, the poor are poor labeled, but so are the rich. We think because you drive a nice car, you don't need Jesus. What in the world is that? Because you drive a nice car and live in a big house that you don't need a word from God. You got everything. What? That is trash. Everyone needs Christ. The Lord has called us to knit fish. And that's the word I've come to give you today. Netfish. And in this hour, as darkness, as Isaiah says, Isaiah 60, he says, Arise, shine, for your light has come, for the glory of the Lord has risen upon you. Why? Because darkness is covering the earth, and it's dark, and gross darkness to people. But they'll come to you because they see the light of Christ. And the Lord is netfishing right now. I'm telling you, there are going to be some strange fish that's going to come to you. Strange fish, strange fish. And you are to give them the love of Christ. You are to give them the word of God that he gives unto you. But listen, many times they, won't, they don't care to know about your Bible. They don't care to know about your Christianity until they know that you care for them. When they, when they know that you care, you can feel when someone is either caring for you and loving you or someone is judging you you can feel both of those you can feel the sincerity of someone's heart that I'm, I'm, I'm honestly concerned about you 
And you can feel when someone else is really just condemning you and looking down upon you. Both can be experienced by the human, by a human being. No matter how spiritual you are, you don't have to have language. I don't have to speak your language. I can see it in a look, in a look, in a glance. I can see pride and haughtiness and arrogance. I can see disdain. Mm, I can see, you can see that. You can feel that. At the same time, you can feel love. What the world needs is not a finger, but they need a hand. So give them a hand. Let them know who Christ is. But all of that work starts in you as you know who Jesus is. As you receive the love of Christ. As, as you ask God to heal your soul and take away preconceived notions, take away prejudice out of your heart. Say, I'm not prejudiced. I don't prejudge people. I don't do that. You need to ask the Father about that. Because we could prejudge a rich person, we could prejudge a poor person, we could prejudge someone that smells like alcohol, smell like and you automatically consume, uh, assume that they must be drunk. Maybe something spilled on them. Prejudge, prejudge two men holding hands, two women holding hands. I don't know, but again, how long does it take Jesus to save somebody? It takes Jesus a lifetime. A lifetime to get some things out of your life. Some things will go quickly. Other things will take a lifetime. Give God a chance. Give him the opportunity to save them. Don't count them out because you don't know what God has for them. Father, I thank you for this word you've given us today. And Lord, I pray that we will be successful in net fishing and receive those that you love, that you sent your son to die for. As we're living in this last days, these last days at this very moment, when we are facing the greatest revival that the world has ever seen, Lord, we thank you that as they come and as they fill our ships, as they fill the boats, you're on the boat with us and you're telling us to do it through different ministry or work or some kind of way lord you're telling us to do it and we are extending the nets and they are coming they're coming because they're hungry they're coming because they're thirsty they're coming because they're lonely because they're hurting they're coming because they need you and lord i pray that when that time comes that we will not toot our noses up at them that we will not look the other way i pray lord that your, your spirit will make us sensitive sensitive to say and to do what needs to be said and done to welcome them into the kingdom of God, to show them the love of Jesus and not the hatred and judgment of the Pharisees and scribes. Father, I pray that we will not miss one opportunity to show the love and life of Christ and that when they come to us, that they begin to change. The leprosy immediately dries up and goes away and the levites here in this text become matthews we thank you Lord. thank you for the fresh anointing in jesus name well we pray that you were blessed and encouraged by today's message don't forget you can connect with us at our website at kingdomrock.org 
It's there that you can hear today's message as well as the entire series. So check it out today. Until next time, remember that Jesus loves you and so do we. Choose him as your Lord today. Only he can make a way. We'll see you on the next time.